Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are getting ready to record episode number 233. Unfortunately, we are not together in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio this week. Coach Torrey had a pretty interesting week. Had to have uh, some tune-up work done. My heart was giving me some trouble. And good news is I'm on the mend and, and heading back in the right direction. Uh, many people have reached out to me and, and checked in to see how I'm doing. I just want to let everybody know that I'm doing great and uh, be back and better than ever uh, sooner than you think. So, um, But that means a couple of remote uh, podcasts, so I'll be uh, calling it in. But I think we still got a really good show lined up for you this week. So in our warm-up segment, we're going to talk about our city of the week, player of the week, equipment tip of the week. We have a really interesting, did you know, a strong listener question, and of course, Paige's power play. In our lead-off segment, we're going to talk about a listener-submitted topic, which is so many different types of camps and what it all means. In the cleanup topic, we're going to talk about a player who um, had been very successful where she did live, um, had been on a very good team, moved to a new area, and now seems to be having a hard time finding a team that really matches up with what she's looking for. In our uh, coaching tip of the week, we're going to talk about development, making sure the coaches all have a plan for that. So before we get uh, into the topics for number 233, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. I want to say thank you to Clay Feliciano and Dan Sava. Uh, we have two new patrons this week, so I want to say thank you very much to Clay and Dan. The uh, ball keeps rolling in the right direction. This is about uh, seven or eight weeks in a row now that we've added a new uh, patron or two. That's a very exciting thing for Coach Don and I. The reality of it is we need to keep this momentum up. We still need to add another 10, 12, 14 more patrons to get this thing uh, back 100% in the black and start making it make sense for us to continue to do it long term. So we really do appreciate the patrons we have. We really do appreciate the people that are coming on board. Um, the new patrons are definitely have uh, uh, given us hope that uh, this whole thing will ultimately end up making sense. And uh, so we just want to keep that momentum going. So if you see value in what we're doing, if you really enjoy everything fast pitch and coach prep, what we really need you to do is to become a patron if you can. If you're in a position where you can help support us financially, um, it's very simple. You go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch, and it's all going to be explained to you there. So on our warm-up segment is sponsored by Bidinger and Styles, DDS, and Webster Mass. I want to say thank you very much to Bidinger and Styles for supporting everything fast pitch. If you live in the area and have any, any dental needs at all, check out Bidinger and Styles. They're going to hook you up. They're going to take really good care of you. So our city of the week this week, Don, is Rockville Center, New York. Yeah, Rockville Center. And I guess that's just a little east of New York, but... You know, Tori, I've never been to New York and had a chance to experience any of that, but I know they've got a lot of people and a lot of good softball. Yeah, no, um, I have to admit, too, I've never been actually in New York City except to change planes at the airport. And it's really kind of a shocking thing. So I've been to a lot of the other uh, East Coast big cities, but uh, for one reason or another, I've been 
in upstate New York. I've been to you know, the Syracuse area. I've been to Binghamton and done some camps and clinics and coaches clinics and stuff in, in those locations, but never spent any time at all in New York City. It's someplace I really want to get to. Obviously, Rockville Center, um, it's a Long Island area that, that we know is a, is a softball hotbed. And obviously, we're excited to see the numbers go up the way that they did. Um, as we say every week, if you have somebody that you know, somebody that's in your fast-pitched life that isn't already listening to everything fast-pitch or coach prep, get them to give us a shot. If they listen one time, I think they're going to see what we're doing has value to them. It's something they're going to see as being important that they can take advantage of. And I'm confident they'll keep coming back. But we need to keep the ball rolling. So if you've got people in your life that you think should be listening, make sure you suggest it to them. Very easy to find on all the podcast servers. And it's something that we really want to see the numbers continue to grow. No, that's exciting for sure. Yeah. And so uh, thank you very much, Rockville Center, New York. You're the city of the week. Player of the week this week, Don. So we've fallen back off the cliff. We had um, about uh, three months ago, I did the uh, uh, shaming a uh, message to all of our listeners. We, when I kind of got on the podcast and basically spent the first 30 or 40 seconds going out of the thousands of people that listen to this podcast every week, nobody has a player of the week nomination. Well, play that back, review it, play it again right now. We have thousands <laughs> of you that listen to this podcast every week. Get Fastpitchprep at gmail.com or everythingfastpitch at gmail.com, either one, and nominate those kids that deserve it. I mean, obviously, on the field accomplishments are great. I know for a lot of people, you know, it's not necessarily the, you know, the height of their season right now for us you know, in, in Georgia, because our high school kids are all playing now. It seems like, you know, the season is just going full tilt, but I know in other parts of the country, that's not always the case, but those kids are still doing great things. They're still working really hard. They're accomplishing things in the classroom. You know, there's things that they're doing that are worthy of recognition. And we want to recognize players uh, that are doing all those different things, you know, community service, you know, projects, things like that, uh, you know, great grades, um, helping their teammates, you know, whatever it is, um, there's a lot of kids that deserve some recognition. Um, and I know I, I've talked about this a bunch of times. It brings a smile to my face every time I see somebody uh, in the softball world wearing their uh, Player of the Week t-shirt. You know, I see a kid or two every week that comes through our facility because we've recognized a bunch of kids over the years that train here. And I know, Don, you get to have that same experience yeah. in your place. But it's also been really fun to me because I've seen them at the ballpark with kids that I'm not really sure I know who they are, but I kind of remember them from their nomination. To see them out in the in the world wearing them tells me that everybody's proud of the recognition once they receive it. And the only way we can honor anybody, recognize anybody, is if uh, people in their lives nominate them. So everything fastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Let's get another list, a uh, big list of kids nominated. And then, uh, you know, Coach Don and I can go back to arm wrestling every week about who we're going to recognize uh, for the player of the week. That's fun for everybody. And you know, again, it is very exciting when we see somebody wearing a shirt in our area for sure. But yep, but we do need everyone to get on board and get involved. So uh, Don, our equipment tip of the week, let's uh, keep talking about the square cuts training disc. No, Tori, the discs have been good. We pretty much hit them every week here. And uh, again, durability, bat safety and comfort for all these fancy bats everybody are swinging now. And Again, just a, a unique change in somebody's training to give them a set of these discs and um, let them work with them. And they're, again, multi-purpose and durable and very affordable, really. I mean, compared to uh, buying a dozen regular softballs, these are uh, a very nice option. Yeah, the thing that's so nice about them is that they offer foolproof feedback. When you when you use the Square Cuts training discs, it's going to tell you something every time you hit it. As you said, Don, they are 
$49.95 a dozen. So from a training tool perspective for something that you can use that's going to make an immediate impact on your game, it's a very affordable training tool. Um, we've got them in stock and ready to go, so you don't have to wait. Just send in your order. You go to the fastpitchprep.com website uh, and place your order, and we're going to get them sent to you right away. And I think uh, every player should have a dozen in their training equipment for what they're doing on their own, and every team should have a couple of dozen for their uh team practices so that they can set up a, you know, a little bit of variety and, and one more way to, to train in, in practice is going to really pay dividends. Square Cuts training discs, again, they're available at the fastpitchprep.com website, forty nine ninety five a dozen. Go ahead and get them ordered up and we'll get them sent to you right away. So, Don, did you know fall softball for the college programs is cranking up all over the country? Right. And I think it's an important thing to remind our listeners of because one of the things that Many players and many families that have some idea that they want to play college softball, that they have that as a goal, as an aspiration, fall season is in a lot of ways a really cool time to get out to some college programs, to see some college games, and get a little bit of a different feel than you would get if you went just to a regular game day experience. And obviously, if you go and watch a, a regular game in the spring, you're going to see a lot and learn a lot about how good the team is. But game day is sort of like the dessert, right? It's not, it's not the nuts and bolts. It's not the everyday life the players are leading. You're going to a practice, you know, watching a fall game, you know, getting a chance to meet some of the players. Those kinds of things during the fall season are much more readily available and much easier to do. And strongly recommend it to anybody that's got any interest at all in playing college softball. And honestly, even if you're just a fan that needs a fix, if you go and watch some fall games, you're going to probably see some kids a little bit further down the bench that you might not see um, as much come springtime. Uh, you'll probably see some different lineups, some different combinations. And a lot of the schools are just cranking up practice now. They'll have their fall schedules. I know several of the kids that I've worked with that are freshmen now have games coming up here at the end of the month of September. And I'm going to try to arrange my schedule to get a couple of Saturdays where I can go out and watch and play a little bit during the fall. Because I know that this time of year, you know, their college coaches are, are trying to figure everything out. They're trying to, you know, a lot of different lineups, a lot of different uh, situations with the players. And I think it's a really good way for all of us to get our softball fixed, you know, get to see some college players play. And uh, for those people that are looking to learn more about the, what it takes to play at the college level, to get a whole lot of information very quickly. Tori, I really like what you're saying in regards to the timing for uh, getting out there. A lot of times in the spring, they get so busy, they get so wound up in game day that, you know, it's hard for them to to really take time to notice everybody around. Um, most of the schools are great to do that even in the spring, but in the fall, it is a great time to either watch a practice or go to some of these, uh, you know, fall games like you're saying. And, and it's a little more comfortable for them to interact maybe and um, just to recognize the people that are around at that point and... Again, it's just a, a nice opportunity to see how hard they work and all the things that they're having to do to, to prepare and really make the most of a, an opportunity like that. That's great. Yeah, no, and it's something that I always enjoyed when I was coaching. Um, during the fall season, we were always working hard on recruiting because it was the, you know, the time of the year when we were trying really hard to seal the deal for kids that we were going to try to sign in November for that early signing period and also for that uh, wave of kids that were going to be in the pipeline. It was always just a great experience. You know, sometimes uh, does, as you said, get just so overwhelming in the regular season when you're playing games that you absolutely need to win. Right. You know, to, to necessarily, you know, take time out of your day to, you know, to chit chat and, and, yep. and talk to people and give them an opportunity to get to know you. Whereas in the fall season, it's just so much easier to do that. So 
take advantage of the opportunity. Fall softball is cranking up all over the place. Most schools now are posting their fall schedules on, on their website so that you know, people can come out and watch. Uh, most places charge zero admission for fall season games. So even schools that are, are charging for you to come to the regular season games, usually they'll let you come for free. Sometimes in the fall, they'll play like a, a play day kind of thing where they might have, you know, five or six games going on at their campus and, you know, their school will play two or three games and there'll be, you know, two or three other schools also playing and playing against each other. You know, it gives you a kind of a variety pack of opportunities. So take advantage of the fact that college fall softball is going full tilt now. It's a fun time and exciting time. And uh, I think you can get a chance to learn an awful lot. Our so, question, Don, comes to us from Shane. Shane's question is really simple, or it's not really a question. I guess it's more of a statement. My two best players just cannot get along. I've talked with them, sat them down, punished them, punished the whole team while they watched me punish the whole team, all with them understanding that the reason that this was happening was the way they were acting and acting towards each other, and nothing has worked so far. What can I do? Wow, that's a tricky one, Tori. Most of the time, the efforts that uh, you just described there should have taken care of everything. So I think they're right on track in regards to the first approach, but it's disheartening when your better players aren't pulling together because how strong they are as a group and as a team when, when everybody's working in the same direction. This is one of those things that we have to work through because life isn't always a situation where we're exactly happy with you know, our coworkers maybe, or the people right. that we're having yeah, to you're deal not, with. You're not going like to like all your coworkers. You're all not going to really like your boss. You're yeah. not going to like a lot of people in your life. And, but this is a good opportunity for you to learn how to manage that a little bit. Correct. And to, to make the most of it and to make it a productive event when we all do get together. So they have to figure out how to, how to get past that. I don't know what age group this is, but hopefully have mom and dad on board and involved and you know, try and figure out how we can make this uh, still a good salvageable scenario. So I think they're on track, but. Well, and unfortunately there's a lot of backstory information that we really don't know in the email. He does not, you know, say the age of the players. So the age of the team, Um, I'm assuming it's travel ball, um, but it might be school ball. Depending upon your circumstances, it's going to drastically alter what your leverage is as a coach, but the idea of, you know, talking it through, you know, talking with the players, you know, doing those kinds of things is certainly where I would always start with it. But it sounds like it's gotten to the point now where it's been bad enough that he's, you know, been disciplining these players, sitting them out of games. When you're sitting one of or two of your best players in game because they're acting the fool so badly, it tells you that it's a pretty serious situation. And so you got some stubborn uh, personalities there. Yeah. And sometimes I think that's part of it. So, you know, one time, and this is you know many, many years ago when I was still coaching at Tennessee Tech, I had a situation that was similar-ish to this. I had two players, wasn't the two best players on the team, and I knew what the backstory was between them for why they had decided that they just couldn't get along and why they didn't like each other. And, you know, so some of it was personal between them, you know, and I understood where it came from, but when it was distracting them from or, or hurting the team, it was time for me to get involved with trying to come up with a solution. And so, you know, just as Shane kind of listed, you know, start off with meeting with each one of them individually to get their story, then meeting with both of them together so they could try to hash it out, getting together with them and a couple of their teammates, you know, like team leader types to see if we couldn't all put our heads together and come up with some sort of a compromise, some sort of a solution. It went on for, you know, for several weeks and it'd be one of those kind of fits and starts kind of things like start to look like maybe we're getting somewhere and then 
no. And just starts to get a little bit hopeful and then something would happen and we'd be right back to, you know, total, you know, they just hate each other uh, attitude that, that, that started the whole thing. And I got to the point I was so frustrated and had run out of ideas. I basically just pulled them both into the office one day after practice because it had been a bad practice. They were, you know, acting like jerks to each other and it was affecting, you know, the entire team. And I just pulled them into the office. You know, Terry was there that day. I sat him down and said, all right, one of you's leaving. Which one is it going to be? And they kind of looked at me. I said, no, I'm telling you right now, but when I walk out this door, I'm cutting one of you from this team. I'm going to start the paperwork as soon as, you know, this meeting's over with. I'm dismissing one of you from this team and I'm starting the paperwork to release you from your scholarship so that next year you can go someplace else because you're not going to be here. And they had this like look on their face, like, <laughs> like just totally dumbfounded. Like they couldn't, you know, comprehend what I was saying. I said, no, I'm telling you, this is done. This is the last day of this. One of you is leaving this team today. And all of a sudden they had this like, you know, breakthrough or whatever it was. You know, all of a sudden it was like, well, we're mad at each other, but we don't want you to get rid of her. You know, I don't, I'm mad at her, but I don't want you to, you know, to throw her off the team. I said, well, then you two better figure this out today because the, you know, I'm done with this. I said, I'm, I'm more than happy. And I said, it doesn't matter to me which one of you it is. So you, you two tell me which one of you I should get rid of. Well, I'm not good. I'm not, you know, they started doing the whole backtrack about, you know, I'm not the one that's going to make that decision. I'm not going to make, you know, I said, no, it's just you, you two tell me which one of you needs to leave. And so they begged and begged and begged then for one more chance. And that was like the, the lightning bolt moment. It, you know, there were still times that I thought it was a little bit like they were pretending to get along and pretending to like each other when it wasn't necessarily sincere. I didn't care whether they really meant it or not. I just cared that they were acting like the, you know, the way they were supposed to act towards each other. Right. And you're going back to your point about, you're not going to always like your coworkers or your boss or whatever. If you don't like one of your coworkers, I don't expect you to, you know, go have dinner with them and take them, you know, take them on vacation with you. But I do expect you to be able to treat each other with respect while we're working. No, I think that that's fabulous right there, Tori. And, um, again, that was one of those shocking moments that they had to, to figure out where they were going to be. So that's, that's yeah, interesting. No, but sure. the other thing I will say in hindsight, it took me a lot longer to get to that point than now. I really wish it would have. I wish I would have had that one of you is leaving discussion with them, you know, a month earlier, it was just so aggravating. I was aggravated every single day. And it was, you know, just because two, you know, 20 year old young softball players couldn't, you know, couldn't stop acting like 12 year old softball players for, you know, for the good of the team and, and to treat each other respectfully. So, but so Shane, that might, I know it sounds harsh and nobody wants to get rid of players and nobody wants to cut players. Uh, but if it's a travel ball situation, um, you might have to do that. If it's a school ball situation, you might have a little bit more trouble because obviously if you cut a kid from the school team, they're going to complain to people up the food chain and who knows how that's going to play out. But I think you need to you know, make sure that you've got everything documented and you know, cover your butt as much as you can to make sure that you've got you know, answers to whatever questions people are going to have. But if it gets to that point where you reach that point of no return, where you just can't invest any more time or energy in fighting this fight, then sit them down, ask them which one they want, which one wants to be cut, and then you know, see if you can't you know, give them the old kick in the butt that they need to, to get them back on track. Tori, that's just too distracting to not deal with it like that. That's great. And, and definitely you don't want a, a season to get sidetracked and have a team underachieve or not, not have uh, the success that they should because of stuff like that. Yeah, that's, if that's yeah. the main thing from the season, then that's uh, a sad, sad year. Right. So Shane, thank you very much for that question. Um, if you have questions or ideas, topics you would like Coach Don and I to talk about, again, same email address as Player of the Week nominations, everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. 
Coach Don and I would love to talk about whatever it is that you're interested in. So, Don, that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here. And rather than giving you guys a tip today, I am really excited to share and announce that the doors are officially open for the Confident Athlete Program. So if you have been following me or listening to me on this podcast, which by the way, shout out to everything fast Fitch for just being amazing and allowing me to share tips and all the things mental game on their podcast. You know that my mission in life is to empower female athletes to become the best version of themselves on and off the field and or court. I know some of you, some of your girls might play other sports than other than softball. But this time of year is always my favorite because we get to open the doors to welcome new athletes into the program who are ready to take their talents and mindset to the next level. I'm super excited because it's been a little while since I have opened the doors since I was on a little bit of a maternity leave. So over the past few years, I have helped hundreds of athletes through this program and commit to enhancing their skills and mindset and to help them uplevel their game and their life so much confidence building in this program. And each year it gets better and better. And the confident athlete is at its best yet because I've just been continuing to improve and get better every single year. So is this you? Are you? If you're listening to this, I want to know if this is you. And maybe you struggle with what to say or how to help your daughter believe in her ability. Maybe every time she takes the field you're worried that she feels defeated before the game starts. Maybe you want to see her make the mistakes but have the confidence to bounce back and learn from them. Or maybe you don't want to feel like all the time and investment are wasted because you aren't seeing your daughter shine and play to her full potential. If these things sound familiar and these thoughts have been reoccurring in your mind and you're ready to provide your daughter with the support she needs to excel in the sport that she loves, softball. If so, the Confident Athlete has a spot with your name on it. I've created this program to teach your daughter the exact steps that she needs to overcome these beliefs that are holding her back, that take away that fear of failure and give her the tools to build confidence and allow her to really just step into her greatness, be confident and show that like know that her talents are a gift. It is finally time for you as a parent to feel a sense of relief knowing that you are not alone and that with the help of your support system, your daughter can and will have the mindset to excel at anything she puts her mind to. So, if this sounds like it's your kind of program and this was made for you, do not wait, go run, apply for your spot today. Enrollment and will end sooner rather than later. And I would love to have your daughter inside. If you guys have questions, please reach out. You can go uh, apply and enroll at my website, pagetons.com and you'll find the confident athlete there. I know I say it every week, but Paige is doing amazing work. If your kid is playing this game and you want her to be happier, more successful, um, do better, um, you want her to be a more confident person, a more confident human being. Paige's programs are really strong. They're going to do a great job of that. Um, and, and she's been in those shoes. She knows what it's like to be that player that's really struggling with her confidence. And she's developed these programs to make sure that uh, she can help other people avoid the traps that she fell into. So pagetons.com, T-O-N-Z. 
So, Don, our leadoff topic is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods. Elite Sporting Goods is located at 905 Grayson Highway in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Phone number there is 678-377-0270. You can reach out to the folks at Elite for whatever you need. Bats, balls, gloves, uniforms, spirit wear, the whole nine yards. They're happy to ship anywhere in the country. Um, And make sure you give give them a holler. So either 678-377-0270 or Elite Sports Orders at yahoo.com. So on this topic came to us from Valerie. Valerie said in her email that she's noticed that there's so many different types of camps or camps with different names, and she's trying to sort through it, figure out what the code is, because her daughter is very interested in playing in college, but they want to try to make sure that they're choosing the right camp. She said that she's gotten different information for, for prospect camps, showcase camps, skills camps, combines, and clinics and all of the above. You know, I think that there definitely can be a code in some of those things, but sometimes I think that it's not so much that there's a code, it's just that the college coaches are trying to separate their camp or their, their program from something else that somebody else is doing, so they try to throw a different name on it or try to make it sound a little bit different or a little bit special um, just by giving it a little little bit of a different twist. No, I was going to say, Tori, that's more of a marketing thing maybe than anything else. To dig a little deeper as you're investigating those camps and find out if there's going to be um, multiple schools represented or if it's just for a particular school. And again, if our interest is in increasing our skill level and, you know, learning new drills and being exposed to, um, you know, other techniques and stuff like that, that's one thing. But if it is, you know, to be seen by as many people as possible, then that type of camper or clinic might be a little bit different, right? Right. No, 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 no doubt about it. So now the one thing I will say is I think that depending upon how you are contacted by a camp might help you figure out a little bit what the code really means. If your daughter's getting something that looks like a mass mailer email, something that, you know, you know dear, you know, dear player um, that's going to thousands and thousands of kids, whatever they're calling it, it's probably more of a mass marketing trick to try to get as many kids to come to the camp as they possibly can. And might not be that they're targeting her. If it looks like it's a very specific email that's got something that identifies that maybe they've seen your daughter play or that they're aware of your daughter's game or they know what team she's on or whatever those different indicators might be, then the idea of being a prospect camp might mean that they really do think of you as a prospect. They might not invite everybody to that camp, but the best way to find out is if they're sending you information, is you can call and ask them questions about the camp. It doesn't matter what the age of your daughter is. It doesn't matter what recruiting rules are. You can still call and ask specific questions about the camp. Now, if my daughter's a ninth grader, I can't call Division One school and say, hey, are you going to recruit my daughter if she comes to your camp? But I can ask, well, I've got this uh, invitation to your camp, and I was just kind of curious, is this a camp for players that you're seriously, that you're really interested in? Or is it just a developmental uh, a call yeah. kind of thing, developmental kind of thing, a, a teaching kind of thing that you're inviting all different kinds of players? I think most college coaches are going to tell you the truth. I think there's some that are going to kind of shade it a little bit to try to convince you to come to the camp no matter what. But the vast majority, I think, are going to want you to be happy with your experience when you come. They don't want the after camp backlash of, somebody feeling like they were misled. So I think that you know, the vast majority of people are going to shoot you straight on it. Pick up the phone and ask questions. Don't be afraid because you know, the code of it all, you know, the, the mystery of it all can be a little bit overwhelming. I mean, I spent my whole life in the business and know, you know that uh, I've been at a lot of different camps, worked at a lot of different camps for different schools, different coaches, and the things that we did with ours are way different than things that other people do. 
you know, who we were trying to target when we would do a camp was way different than other kids. You know, when we did our big Christmas camp, we knew we were going to have 25, 30, 40 schools represented, depending upon the number of kids that were coming. And it was such a wide spectrum of players and a wide spectrum of coaches that it was a good fit for almost anybody to come to our holiday camp because they were going to get in front of you know, schools that probably were a good fit for them. And for some of them, they're going to get you know an opportunity to maybe make a connection and, and, and get recruited because they came to that camp. So, but it's, it's such a wide variety of expectations. It's important for you to, you know, to know what you're getting into, especially if you're traveling someplace to go, especially if it's you know, relatively expensive to attend. You know, if you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars to sign up for the camp and then spend a couple thousand dollars to get to it, because you think that it means that that school is really interested in your kid and you get there and she's one of, you know, 350 kids that are all wide variety of skills and levels. Um, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. And the other one, and Don, you touched on this, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, find out if it's specific to that school or if it's going to be, uh, you know, more of a, uh, cooperative camp where they might have, you know, six, eight, 10, 12, 15 different schools represented, you know, and then that might, you know, again, change your level of expectation when you walk through the door. No. And also too, Tori, if it is a, a school that we're, you know, obviously very excited about, but don't feel like that's an attainable level for us, then it is probably more of a marketing thing and just trying to keep the numbers high at, at that particular school. But if it's a school that we think that we're legitimately capable of uh, contributing at, then, uh, you know, then like you said, to make that phone call and kind of find out what their interest level is or, or if it is just a, a numbers thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's no nice way to say it. There are some camps that are set up that are designed specifically to make as much money as they possibly can. Just numbers. And, yeah. You know, and, and again, for people that are in the camp business, you know, for, for schools that are using, you know, camps as a fundraiser, you know, trying to you know generate as much profit from the event makes sense. Now, if as long as they're being you know straightforward Up about front, what they're doing, yeah. I think that's great. But I think you know you just have to be careful about the. It looks like they really want to recruit me, but they really just want me to to attend so they can get my you know get my check. And Tori, there's value in in all of those camps too, even if they are more of just a skills camp and. For us to go and be in front of people and to, you know, work through all the different things that they want to expose us to defensively, offensively with the pitching, all the above. I think that that can really be of value as well, but not to be misled if you're expecting some type of a recruitment uh, environment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the key point. If you go to a camp at, you know, a, a really strong softball program, you're going to learn some stuff about this game. You're going to become a better player but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to end up playing there someday. Right. And I think that sometimes we, you know, we, we make that leap of faith too quickly from a, a parent and player perspective. You know, they, we think that, you know, if Oklahoma or Florida or UCLA invites us to a camp, that that means that they're going to offer us a scholarship. And, you know, they might be inviting us to the camp because, you know, they're friends with our travel ball coach or that, you know, they, they've had some players from our high school in the past that have done well. And so, you know, they they like to keep the lines of communication open and, you know, and offer opportunities for those kids to come to a camp. But so if, if your attitude is, I want to go to a camp to learn some stuff about softball, become a better player, get in some more reps, you know, have a chance to, you know, you know, to make some new friends, all those kinds of things. I think almost any camp can be a success, yeah. um, no matter what it's called, no matter who does it. But if my goal is to get recruited by school X because that's where I really want to go, then the buyer's got to be a little bit more cautious, do a little bit more work before they send in their money. No, good advice there, Tori. Yeah. 
All right, so Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. We have a discount code for Pinnacle Power Butter. Enter EFP10, you get a 10% discount. Again, it's another way for you to help support everything fast pitch while you're also getting a great snack and some great nutritional value out of the uh, Pinnacle Power Butter products. So, Don, this one came to us from Charles. And Charles's email says, uh, my job made me move uh, to a new community. My daughter left a very good travel team and a very strong high school team where she played almost all the time. She's a good softball player, but I don't think she's an All-American, but I know she's a good player and she played on really good team. Now we've moved to this new area and she's doing fine with her school ball, but she's gone to dozens of tryouts for travel teams. And the teams that match up with the skill level of the types of teams that she's played on in the past for her travel career, the only teams that are interested are teams that are, are much weaker. And even a couple of those coaches have said that you know she shouldn't bother with their or she doesn't belong on their team. She should be on a better team than theirs. They'd love to have her because she's so good, but it doesn't make sense for somebody as good as her to be on their team. That's kind of the abbreviated version. That's not Charles's exact words, but kind of the, the summary of his, uh, of his email. Interesting challenge. So, Charles, I, I have a couple of ideas, um, but uh, I wanted to see what Coach Don had to say about it also. I know that over time, as she plays, regardless of what group they decide to start with, that I think others will gain appreciation for her skills. And, you know, as time goes, all these teams that may not necessarily be um, offering opportunities right now, that things are going to happen within their group. They're going to have people move and just like they move to the area, there'll be other people's, you know, that their careers take them, you know, in other directions. But I don't know what age group Charles's daughter is, but... He did not say in the email. So there might still be time for her to get an opportunity at one of those uh, teams that she feels like her skill matches up with. So I think that over time that in that new area, they they will find her and they will seek her out to be a part of their group. And it might just take a season to, to get situated in there, but, uh, yeah, you know, no, I think you, you have the nail keep, right on the head. It might just take a little playing. bit of time yeah. for her to create the kind of credibility that she needs to show that some of those better teams really do need her on their team to be appreciated. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't think I, reading the email, I don't think Charles or his daughter, either one of them are being like snobby about it. Like, Oh my God, we're too good for this. Right. Um, but basically you know, I think that, you know, if coaches from the teams that are offering you spots are saying, you know, we'd love to have you, but you know, we think you're too good for our team, that kind of feeds the perspective of maybe I shouldn't settle for, maybe, you know, I should, you know, hold out and try to find a, a stronger team. Right. Um, and we, we, you and I both know whether it's travel ball, school ball, college ball, that there's always politics and things involved in every decision that's getting made. You know, there's connections, there's friends, there's family, there's, loyalty there's kids that have been in the program for a while there's you know all those different things that factor in and 
And one of the things that I keep seeing over and over again is an awful lot of teams that are only looking for one or two very specific kinds of players to round out their roster. You know, here in our, in our part of the country, every team has got, you know, 11 or maybe 12 players maximum on it. And so if they need a player, they might not necessarily need what Charles's daughter is capable of doing. He did not mention what position she played, but let's say she's a great outfielder, but you know, she tried out for five different teams and all, all of them have four returning outfielders that they really like that they're going to be loyal to. You know, that might have just been a situation where she might have been talented enough um, and she might have been a good fit if they needed an outfielder. And so you know, I think there's a lot of things that are potentially in play here that are making this uh, search for a travel team a little bit more complicated for her. I think your point on get on a team, get on a team that you're comfortable with, that, you, you know, that you're, you're going to like the kids, that you're going to like the coaches. Um, and if it, you know, a, a year or two that it takes to, you know, to kind of establish yourself in a new community and, and have some of the quote unquote bigger teams and, and stronger coaches take notice, that might be the dues that you have to pay in this situation. I was going to say, and I think that uh, your point in regards to the positioning that she might most help a team might might be a big factor there for sure. But if you're the if you're the player on the other team that's always getting two or three hits off of my team, eventually I'm going to say, hey, I want you on my team. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty hard to ignore the fact that a, a kid is wearing your team out. So if she's yep. wearing your team out, she might be good enough to be on your team, right? And so I think, you know, for Charles and his daughter, that would be my recommendation, Don. I think you hit that nail right on the head. Find a team of the teams that are interested in you. If it's not necessarily the strongest team or the most competitive team, that's not the end of the world right now. And honestly, for a new kid in a new community, you know, being the best kid on a, on a brand new team or one of the best players on a brand new team might not be a bad place to start anyhow. That's pretty you know cool. I mean? it's gotta, yeah. You know, it's, it's got to be good for your confidence. It's got to make it easier for you to go to practice every day. If you're, if you're the you know 12th best player that just got added to a team and you're scratching and clawing to figure out a way to, you know, to get some playing time, it's a whole different dynamic than if uh, you come in, you join a team and, and, and you're playing all the time. You're doing you know really good. You're helping the team win. And I think that helps your popularity uh, quotient a little bit too. So it might be a, uh, you know, blessing in disguise kind of situation that if uh, she ends up on one of these teams, it might not be quite as competitive as she was used to that it's a good transition into either a long-term relationship that, that develops. And who knows if she, if she, you know, helps that team have a little bit more success and she's doing really well, that might attract a few more really good players to that team. That's a great point. There's just a lot of possibilities that uh, could play out over time and, and definitely, uh, being frustrated about it, being disappointed about it doesn't accomplish much of anything. Find her the, the best team she wants to be on, Charles. Find her the best opportunity of the teams that want her to be on their team, I guess is a better way to say that. And then let her run with it, and, and it will it will play itself out over time the way it's supposed to. I agree. I think that's good advice there, Tori. All right, so our coaching tip of the week this week, Don, is a pretty simple one. We need coaches to focus more on development for the long haul. One of the things that I keep seeing over and over and over again is this mad dash to try to build teams that can win with no plan, no idea, no thought being put into helping the players develop, teaching them the game to, you know, to develop their skills to a higher level. It's becoming more and more almost like a you know, professional sports type of feeling where, you know, if, if you're not good enough right now, we don't want you and, and we're not going to expect, you, know, you better not expect us to make you better. You just have to be good enough or you have to be you know, talented enough or play well enough on your own because it's up to you to do all that stuff on, on as part of just being on this team. And, and to me, I think that's a really 
unfortunate trend and something that's really troubling me because I'm seeing it more and more, and especially when I see it with younger players. You know, one of my younger kids, I think uh, she just turned 12, comes to a lesson and she's talking about how their coaches basically said, it's up to you to do all your work on your own. We expect you to show up here ready to play. Right, and right. I'm thinking, so then why are you coaching? Just so you can fill out a lineup and you know, stand at third base? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of confused by that whole attitude. Especially at that age group, Tori. And I think that uh, you've, you've talked about this in the past, that uh, we need to be really doing our homework to find out what type of coaches were, you know, signing up to be a part of their group. Um, what kind of coaches they are. Are they the type that are really ambitious about great practices or are they more that just like you said, make out the lineup and stand at third base type of coaches? Because if we can be involved with someone that's, that's anxious to, to be a, an instructor and teacher on practice days, then I think that we're going to grow as an athlete a lot more quickly and, and be excited about going to practice too, rather than, you know, just rolling the balls and bats out there and saying, Hey, we're going to go do a little bit of this and then we're done. The reason why this is so hard for me to comprehend, kind of wrap my head around is I spent my whole life thinking I would love coaching forever. If we never played another game, we just went to practice every single day and worked on our game and kept getting better and better and better and kept being able to see that we were improving and, and knowing that we were doing everything we could to help our players, you know, become the best version of themselves. I, I would have been fine. Never keeping score, never playing another tournament, never winning another championship. Cause to me, you know, that whole, thing that makes coaching so much fun to me is that being in the trenches with your players, teaching them the game, helping them improve that, you know, that, that smile that, that comes across their face when they master a new skill or they, you know, they figure something out or they get a lot better at something to me is the whole reason why coaching exists you know, to be one of these plug and play coaches that just is recruiting talent and plugging that talent in without you know, spending any time building a team or, or developing the talent within it. It's just, I, I have a hard time understanding why anybody will want, even want to do that. No, like you just said there, Tori, I, I, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking back and I'm like, practices were some of the most fun days. Some of the plays that were made and the diving catches and the things that happen in practice are some of the most exciting times for sure. So coaches, we need to make sure we're always thinking about development. Now that, uh, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that winning is not important or winning is not fun. Winning is fun. And trying to do everything you can to build a team that can win, I think, is really the, the measuring stick that I'm looking for you to, to try to master. So instead of just being able to say at the end of the summer, our record was 75 and 15, that you can look back at the end of the summer and say, well, our record was whatever it was, but every player on this team got better. As a group, we improved. The team that played the last game of the year played the team that played the first game of the year 100 times. The team at the end of the year would win 95 of them. You know, that's the growth and development that I think we should all be aiming for. And unfortunately, I think now in this modern game that is developing where it just seems to be so much more about kids flying in. you know, Assembling the team, yeah. They have to introduce themselves to their teammates every tournament because there's so many new kids every week because... You know, this week, the three kids from that state can't be there because they've got something going on. So now we've got to get three different superstars from someplace else to come in. I just don't see any attraction to it. So, you know, maybe it's just the old old man and me you know, getting ready to yell at the clouds again. But uh, coaches, development, development, development. We need a plan. We need to be thinking about it long term. 
We need to be thinking about it from an individual player perspective. We need to have a plan for every kid on our team. We need to have a plan for the entire team as a whole. We need to have a plan. And if we do that, we're going to end up finding ourselves winning a whole lot more than we ever thought we would. And the satisfaction that we're going to have from seeing those kids grow and become better players is going to be so much more important to you, more valuable to you than the, than the wins and losses ever were. That makes for a fun year. Yeah. So, hey, Don, that's going to wrap up episode number 233. Before we uh, sign off, let's make sure we uh, say thank you again to our new patrons, Clay Feliciano and Dan Sava. We really do appreciate you all coming on board as, as patrons. It means a lot to Coach Don and I to have you supporting us. Um, make sure you check out our sponsors and support them. Anderson Bad Company, Bidinger and Styles DDS, Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power Butter. If you can, please become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Again, thanks, Dan and Clay. We do appreciate your support very much. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. People, we need player of the week nominations. This is my cry for help. Make sure you get that done. We need uh, need you to send us some uh, particulars about the kids that you want to nominate. It doesn't have to be a a 10-page long report, just a couple of notes about what what it is that uh, makes them special, and then uh, we'll add them to the list of players that we're going to recognize. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Torrey saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.